Hey, party people. Welcome once again to the Party of One podcast, an RPG podcast built for two. I am your host, as always, Jeff Stormer. This week, I am joined by comedian Matt Allcamp as we play Tavern Tales, a lightweight, modular fantasy role-playing game. Matt is the host of Dungeon Pals, a good, good comedy show where he plays live D&D every month with comedians and special guests. It's great. Now, without further further ado, I'm going to throw it over to me in the past so he can get things started. Take it past me. Thanks, me in the future. My guest this week is Matt Allcamp. Matt, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing great. Thanks, Jeff. Um, Matt, why don't uh, at the top of the show, why don't you uh, introduce yourself, talk a little bit about the stuff that you're working on. Okay, yeah. Uh, my name is Matt Allcamp. I am a, a comedian of sorts around Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Uh, is there other Philadelphias? There is one, right? I think there's at least one. Yeah. But now that so you mentioned it, I'm not sure. This is the one that happens to be in Pennsylvania. Uh, I I do uh, a monthly variety show called Hey We're Cool at uh, Latage, um, first Thursdays of every month, and I do a um, a weird comedy show with uh, good good comedy. It's called Dungeon Pals, and what I do on Dungeon Pals is I bring three comedians on, most of whom who have never played Dungeons and Dragons before. And then some random audience members, and we play a game of Dungeons and Dragons there on stage. It's a lot of fun. It it, it really is. I attended the one in January. I wasn't able to make the one in February, and I had a really great time. I recommend if you're in the Philly area to who check Dungeon Pals out. Now, Good Good Comedy just had a really successful Kickstarter, right? Like crazy successful, if I remember correctly. Yeah, that's true. Uh, they they are trying to open their own actual theater space because up till now they've uh, been renting out various theaters for various shows. Um, my, my show has taken place alternatively at, um, uh, or alternately at, uh, plays and players theater in center city and Philomoca in Northern liberties. But so they're trying to open a dedicated theater space to put on shows, you know, seven nights a week. And they, I think their original goal was 12,000, um, just to, to get the theater off its feet. And I think they ended up with 36,000. Yeah. I remember it was some crazy high number. And I think there's, I think everybody gets free pizza one night a week. Now it's really very exciting stuff. One of their stretch goal rewards was on every Tuesday night for the entirety of the theater's existence, there will be a free pizza giveaway. Yeah, so that's really exciting. Um, I'm super excited to see the new theater. I think it's going to be really great. Yeah, yeah, me me too, man. Yeah, so, um, yeah, so let's, let's dive into a game. Awesome. You know, that's what we do here. I'm super excited. Playing games is you know, fun. It is fun. (laughs) This is what we do on the show. Um, So this week we're playing a game called Tavern Tales. It is a lightweight, narrative-friendly fantasy role-playing game. Uh, It's very... It's One of the big things about it is it's super modular. Is The the rule book basically says just about anything in the game is optional, and you can sort of pick and choose the stuff that you want. So the game that we're playing here this week might not be the game that if you check out the game and play, it might not be the game you play with your group, which is sort of neat. I kind of like that. Uh, We're going to be playing it pretty lightweight just because I I like lightweight games. I don't like a lot of rules and stuff. (laughs) You know, I've I've never really played one of what you're calling a lightweight game. So I'm I'm, I'm really actually a little nervous for how this is going to go. I think it's going to go great. 
I think it's going to go great. You know, just breathe and relax, <laughs> and it's going to be okay. But I don't have any rules to fall. I don't have any rules to carry me through, Jeff. I need. To- well, there are just enough rules to make the game great, okay. and we don't need anything beyond that. We don't need. Okay. All right. We don't need rules. We don't need rules. We don't need rules. We're going into a new. We're going into a new world here. Okay. So. Uh, before we get into making a character, I wanted to do a little bit of world building. The one of the things in the, in the game is it has specific. Uh, it encourages a specific kind of world building that I, I wanted to do a little bit of before we just build a character, so that we can kind of know what your character, you know, what your where your character is and what they're doing. Okay. So the way that they world building works in Tavern Tales is each player, each uh, each of us is going to. Uh, establish a fact about the world itself and it can be whatever you want and the other person is going to ask a clarifying question okay does that make sense yeah 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 I think and I and through it. that we'll kind of develop a few of the the touchstones of the world <laughs> so i can go first unless you have something in mind that you're like i want to play a game in this setting or with this uh no i i prefer you go first okay um i'm thinking i am feeling like playing a seafaring game so i think this is going to be a, a sea heavy world Okay. Is that cool? Uh, yeah. So now I ask a clarifying question, such as, um, are the inhabitants of this world land-faring? Um, yes. Well, I, I think there are some seafaring peoples. I think there are merfolk and okay. the like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think the majority of them are people on boats and people who live on islands and travel from island to island. Like uh, Kevin Costner's, uh, uh, oh, very Waterworld. Yeah, Waterworld. Okay, all right, I love it. We are all going to be relieving ourselves into a Mr. Coffee and drinking it. (laughs) Jesus, I forgot that that happened in that movie. Um, I will never let anyone forget. (laughs) All right, so now I set up a detail of the world. Yeah. Um, So so we got like a Waterworld-esque, like a a sea boat. Okay, that's much better. Did you hear the change in, like, the drop in atmospheric noise from my end? A little bit, yeah. Yeah, okay. <clears throat> right. That was a terrible mistake on my end. Now there's paper flecks everywhere. <laughs> but we're going to roll with it. Okay. It's all good. All right. Uh, I should have been using that time to think of what detail to add to this world, but uh, I'll, I'm just going to go off the cuff on this one. Um, so... I, I need to ask another question. Are there any limitations? Sure, are there any limitations to this world we can make? No, you can basically go as wild or as mundane as you want, and then we'll and then that'll kind of establish the baseline for everything that comes after. And then we'll kind of be doing a little bit more of this during play. Like we'll discover things about the world as we go. This is sort of just a baseline for as we make care as we make a character for you. Okay. To sort of be able to be like they fit into the world in this way. Okay, so it. it uh, we don't even necessarily have to stick in, like, the medieval fantasy kind of realm, or we should. No, no, not necessarily at all, no. Okay. So, uh, we're, in a, we're in a sea world scenario. Um, you know, this should be much easier for me to, for me to just, 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 just... Well, let me ask you a question. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm blanking here, man. Uh, this, this is no, it's all, it's all good. Okay. It's all good. I'm going to ask you, I'll ask you, I got a leading question for you. Okay, okay. Since you asked me if you wanted to stay in sort of the medieval fantasy, let me ask you, mm. 
just uh, give you a prompt. What do you think the tech level is in this world that we're in? That's where I was headed with this. That's why I was asking yeah. that question. And then I was thinking, I don't know that I necessarily want to play a game that's like super future tech kind of. Well, game. I don't, that doesn't need to be, but I just figured that's a good, that's a good jump. I, I, I got the sense that that was where you were going. And I yeah. think that's a really good jumping off point. You know, would it be obnoxious to put this in like a steampunk setting? Because you know, we've no. Seen, that's actually where I was leaning I as think, well. So I think that's good. I think we've seen both of those things: the water world esque thing and uh, and the uh, steampunk thing, but but never smashed together. I, I think that's good. No, I think rusty world that we live in. I, here. I think steampunk pirates is cool. I think yeah. that's a cool concept. Yeah. Okay. So what I'm going to ask you is. Okay, yeah. Let me ask you this because you mentioned that it's you, uh, you, it's sort of a rusty concept. Yeah. So I'm going to ask you: it's either or, and you can go with either option. They're both. I think they're both exciting. Are these are the steamships and steam technology that we're encountering things that are currently being produced? Like, are there people building these steam machines, or are they things that are being salvaged that are remnants from an old world? Oh wow. You know, uh, as cool as the idea of uh, like the remnants of a of an old world thing is, I like that they are on the whatever created this water world happened recently, so they are on the forefront of trying to build technology that handles this. I really like that. I wasn't even thinking of it as like a disaster or something, but I like if as a necessity thing, they're just right. really pushing. The necessity being the mother of invention, I like that there all this cutting edge stuff is coming about because holy shit, there's a bunch of water now. Right, and that's why it's all steampunk because they don't have the time uh, to invent, you know, actually useful. They, yeah, right. <laughs> they have to invent these big clunky things that just because yeah, it's 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 necessary. They need it right now. That's that's fantastic. I love that, and I'm really glad that we did this world building because of that. Okay. So, with that in mind, now that we've both done one of those, I think we're going to jump into character creation. Okay. So, we'll create a character, and then we'll do a short game, and it's going to be great. Yes, awesome. Um, So, the first thing we're going to do to create a character is, I think we're going to loop back around to to step one of coming up with a concept, unless you have, like, a really strong concept in mind. Um, I think we can kind of loop back around on that otherwise. I have a couple ideas, so so I, I think they can be adapted to whatever we wherever we get. Okay. So then, what? Let's. The first thing we're going to do is um is like build the stats of your character, and then we'll kind of loop back around and see how they fit into the concepts that you got in mind. Okay. Cool. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So you have ten points to spend among stats and traits. Stats being your the things that you're going to add to every roll. Traits being cool things your character can do. Okay. So we'll start with, um, in fact, yeah. And the way that it works is you spend the number that you're of, like, each time you increase it by one, you spend the following number to increase it. So, for instance, put making something a zero to a plus one costs one. Making it a zero to a two costs two, so a total of three. Okay. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. So there are four stats. Uh, brawn, finesse, mind, and spirit. Okay. Um, do you have an idea of a sk- of a stat that you want to put something into? Um, 
you know, I, I generally in games like these, I play I play thieves. So I kind of want to go against type here. Okay, and I might play somebody uh, somebody real brawny. Okay. So uh, so in order to make a guy say a plus four in brawn, that would be hold on, let me think. That's four. That would be ten. That's about my whole ten. So if I make him plus three in brawn, that's six. So you have four six, left over. So I have four left over. Oh, and you can also drop things into the negative to gain additional points along the same way. Oh, wow. All right. That's awesome. Then let's, um, I like, <laughs> now I'm thinking like, like a football player sort of, uh, sort of build. So I, I have six, I have four more points right now. You have four more points. I, I'm going to put three of those into spirit to give him a plus two to spirit. Yep. Now I have one left. Um, I guess I'll give him one to finesse and zero to mind. Okay. So you don't have any traits, which is fine. Um, traits so now traits, traits are, are just cool, kind of equatable to feats in Dungeons and Dragons. They're just cool things that your character does in certain situations. How do traits, how does one acquire a, tra- a trait? Oh, you would you would spend the same 10 points to go equally into your stats and your traits. So if oh, you want to reconfigure I, things accordingly. I misunderstood. Yeah, then uh, how do I buy a trait? Let, let me look Let me look down here. Um, it, it's similar to the way that you're buying stats. You have, um, there are three kinds of traits. Mm-hmm. There are traits for combat, traits for exploration, and traits for interaction. Okay. When you buy a trait, you'll pay the number of XP equal to the number of traits in that category. So if you're buying three traits for combat, you'll pay six points. But if you're buying a trait in combat and exploration, it's two points because you're spending one in each. Yeah, I get, definitely got to give this guy some traits, right? Then uh, Otherwise, he'll be, he'll be boring. I might take, so I'll take that one, I guess, back out of finesse. I'll take one out of spirit, so now I have three points to spend on traits? Yes. Okay. Which means you can put one trait into all three categories. Which is combat, exploration, and... Interaction. Interaction. Or you can spend, put two traits into one category. Okay. Well... So you can have two combat traits or one trait in all three categories. All right. I'm going to give him one into exploration, and then I pick which trait he takes... Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, so we'll, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to thrust magic into this world by giving okay. him uh, uh, warp time. Okay. You can accelerate or decelerate someone for a few minutes. It's accelerated creatures move at tw- about twice as fast as normal. Decelerated creatures have about half as okay. um, a move about as half as fast as normal. Uh, let's give him... Yeah, let's give him some more magic. I like I like, I like uh, throwing magic into this. No, I think it's cool. I especially like that he's going to be like a brawny dude, but still using magic. I think that's neat. Yeah, um, I think he's a guy. So, so I think now I'm I'm thinking of him as, as some guy who's happened upon magic abilities, but he's not very. He's not really smart enough to know how to use them to their full extent. He maybe just kind of uses them uh, defensively or, uh, or or in like a real kind of ham-fisted way. Okay, um, yeah, I think that's dope. I'm going to give him, I'm going to give him a wizard eye. <laughs> oh, wizard eye. From uh, uh, exploration. exploration. So yeah, he can create a small eye-sized item and he can see, 
he see here and sense through it. So we could just like make a rock his eye and like throw it down a well. If you, yeah, if that's you wanted neat. to see at the bottom of a well for some reason. Um, Look, I don't want to spoil anything. But now that you said that, there's gonna be there's gonna be a well <laughs> with rocks all around it. I don't know where and I don't know how, but I'm gonna make sure that there's a well. And I'll give him an interaction trait. Crazy. I'm gonna give him crazy enough to work. Okay. Because I, I'm guessing because this guy is so outclassed by his own abilities, this guy's gonna have to occasionally launch a full hardy last ditch plan to get himself out of some sort of situation. I think that's great. So uh, crazy enough to work when you explain a plan that is even theoretically possible, it becomes perfectly feasible. The GM can't cite logic, physics, or difficulty. So this is, this, this, (laughs) this trait pits me against you, Jeff. Perfect. Okay. I love it. And you're also um, bolstered to enact that plan, which I will explain a little bit of the how the mechanics of the game work, okay. and then I'll explain what that means. All right. So the way ta- the way the way you do things in Tavern Tales is when you take a a risky action, which whatever that means, you're going to roll three twenty sided dice, and usually you'll take the middle result. So I just rolled three dice. I rolled a nine, a fourteen, and a seventeen. That'll mean I'll roll that third. I would take that fourteen as my result. Okay. Um, and then, depending on the number that is rolled, so in this case, because I rolled a 14, you want anything 8 or higher, you get to tell a good tale, being meaning you get to say something that happens as a result of your action that is good. Okay. So if you're swinging a sword at a goblin, you get to say, my sword makes contact and the goblin's arm com- goes off. Okay. If you roll anything 13 or lower... I get to say a bad tale. So I get to say that the goblin like stabs you in the gut as you're swinging at him. Okay. Now, because I, in this example, I rolled a 14, I would not get to say a bad thing, but if it was, but if I say rolled a nine, we would both say something. Okay. So, so uh, something so good would, would say, come about it. I stabbed the goblin in the gut and then you would say your sword gets stuck in its gut. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And then there are also neutral tales, which will tail tail every time, which are just extra stuff that happens. Okay. So in that case, like the goblin screams. Okay. It's not something that necessarily impacts either of us, but just a thing that happens. All right. And when you're bolstered, what that means is you'll, instead of using that middle result, you'll use the highest result. Oh, oh, awesome. Okay. So in that case, instead of rolling a 14, I would take an 18 because I rolled the higher number. Makes sense. Okay. So now that we've given you some traits, we're going to get you some starting gear. Okay. So you have, let's see what it says for starting equipment. You begin the game with two treasure, which you can spend however you like on stuff. Um, Items... You begin with enough similar miscellaneous items to occupy one uh, slot. So this is now when we're going to loop back to part one. Now that we've got a pretty good idea of what your concept is, I'm going to ask just a few more questions before we figure out what you have on you, and then we jump into the game itself. Oh, awesome. So this guy lucked into magical powers. Yeah. What's his day-to-day life like now? Like, what is his job, so to speak? You know, so... If this is a world uh, that's dealing with a, a large crisis of some sort, I imagine 
people are profiting off of innovation. Yes, definitely. So imagine that corporations exist or companies of some sort exist. And yes. imagine that this guy uh, is a as a as a big burly man uh, has. I imagine he he's some sort of enforcer, some sort of like uh, bouncer of some type, like a like a security guard or okay. a, or a, I I don't I don't know I don't know how like you may have details of this world in your sure. head that I, I don't know yet. So, um, I, however that makes sense in the world you are creating, yeah. So I think what it is is. He is hired by these organizations. I think he's a mercenary. I don't think he's loyal to any one organization. Okay, I love it. But I think he is hired by corporations to um, alternately, like, protect when th- when when like when shipping boats go from port to port carrying these like think these technologies that they're developing. He's alternately hired to pirate them and like raid a boat. Okay. Or be or be on the other side and protect a boat from being raided. I love it, and I think that's that's what a lot of these boats are doing. Is they're like making things to make everyday life a little bit better. They're selling them and then putting them on a boat and sending them off. Yes. Cool. We just world built. Nice. Deal with it. <laughs> okay. So now that we've got an idea of that, let's let's go into dealing with. The way treasure works in Tavern Tales is it's based on the character of what one treasure means to that character. Okay. So the examples in the book, to a street urchin, one treasure is a loaf of bread. To an adventurer, it's a bag of coins. To a warrior king, it's a pile of gold. So let me ask you, well, let's give this guy a name first, or girl. It could be either. Um, let's, give him a, let's give him a dumb name. Um, how about... Uh, what if he's just Bub? What if he's just Bub? Bub. Bub. Perfect. Or should we, or should it be should be something something slightly dumber like Gub? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Gub. Gub. Yep, it's Gub. Gub. He's a simple man. <laughs> yes, simple man, Gub. So what is it? What is it? What is a treasure to Gub? Um. So he's he's some sort of mercenary. He's a. Uh, I, I imagine a treasure to him is the same as a treasure to an adventurer. I imagine okay, so it's, it's like a bag of coins. Yeah. Enough yeah. to live for a day, yeah. Um, to pay for his drink and food and room and board for a day. Exactly. <laughs> so you've got about two treasures, so you've got about two bags of gold. So you can buy basic, I guess really whatever you want. If you want, like, to have a weapon on your on your person or a... or yeah. um. Let's give him. Let's give him a weapon, because so I can buy two things. I have two treasures. I can buy two things. Is that what you're saying? Um, depends on the things, but I'll say a weapon will cost one treasure, and then if and then like smaller gear might cost less. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So uh, we'll ju- I'm just gonna write down. I'm, I've been writing notes down as well. I'm just gonna write down like adventuring stuff. So like his clothes, maybe some rope, that kind of stuff. You just have on you. Okay. Um. Your, yeah. Your standard adventures kit. Now, I I think that this guy he has magical powers, but uh, he is you know, uh, 
he's nervous about them at all times. So I imagine when he fights, he he he's uh, I imagine he's like a melee guy. I imagine some sort of melee weapon. Are there swords in this world? Uh, absolutely. Yeah, he's got a sword. He's got a big sword. Big sword. Yeah, so he's got a big sword. He's got a standard adventuring stuff. I imagine he dresses very common. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like we've got a good image of this guy in both of our heads. <laughs> if um, we just suddenly throw him into, like, also he's a dandy, <laughs> I think that's <laughs> going to break his uh, personality a little bit. You know, I'm disappointed because I do love a good dandy, but I understand. <laughs> it's yeah, not I my mean, character. I mean, Matt Ockham is, is kind of a dandy, but Gub, <laughs> this guy is just whatever functions. Okay, so yeah. So we've got his stuff. He's got um, he's got a big sword, which I'm going to say gives him the... There's a few tags that I'm putting on it just for rule's sake, so he'll it's a melee weapon. I'm going to ask you. Uh, it can be one or the other. Okay. Ooh, ooh, it can be one of three things. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, it can either be uh, a defensive sword, so it can be like a, a sword that he can block something with. It can be a sword that is small enough and light enough to be thrown, or a sword that is long enough that he can strike people from a small distance. Okay. Like a claymore in length, where he can get you from a few feet away. I'm going to say it's a... I'm going to say the third option. Okay. That makes sense, because it's all... It's pro, it's like a heavy sword, so I think that makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Okay, yeah, I think that's... Then I think we're ready to go. Oh, awesome. I'm feeling good now. Me too. I like I like this gub. I like I this like gub. gub. I like gub. <laughs> good, I'm a, I am a preemptively dude. a big gub fan. This is I'm all about this guy. Okay. So we begin our story in I'm gonna call it the last free city. Oh, alright. Its name is Liberty, appropriately. You can, if you'd like, ask a question about Liberty, or we can just move forward. Uh, is Liberty on water or is it on land? It is a coastal city, so it's on the water. It's where a lot of free traders come and go. Okay. So it's where a lot of the unaffiliated, unaffiliated boats with, who are unaffiliated with any particular corporation. Cause I think that if I think we're going to go at, at, we're going to go steam full steampunk cyberpunk and say that the corporations have more or less overtaken any sort of government structure in this world in the wake of of the environmental catastrophe that's happened. Makes makes sense. And uh, so but this is not a floating city, for example. This is a this is a coastal city. It's a coastal city. There are floating yeah. cities, but this is a coastal city. <laughs> okay, cool. Yeah. So, I'm going to ask you where in Liberty, and this can be any location that you want to insert into it, would Gub be found on an ordinary night when someone comes looking for him? Um, so <clears throat> Gub, Gub works for the corporations, right? And uh, so I imagine he hangs out in the wealthier parts of town. But okay. Maybe the, the seediest bar in the wealthy part of town uh, yeah. So whatever that means to you, whatever, however you imagine that to be. Yeah, I actually have a really clear image in mind because I'm because you, both of us being from Philadelphia, I can imagine a number of bars that 
are in nice parts of town but want to be dive bars, and I think that's exactly what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you can tell he'd probably be more comfortable in a dive bar, but this is, you know, this is as close as he can find. Yeah, right, right, right. Okay, so this dive bar, which I will say is called One Eye's Place. (laughs) (laughs) The owner has two eyes. He just wants to make it, wants to pretend like he is... A one-eyed man. Right. I imagine this is a guy who has has at least once in his life drawn on a tattoo. Yeah. Oh, without a doubt. Yeah. So one-eyed place. There are two guys brawling outside, but they're like steampunk sea hipsters. So they're just like flailing at each other in, in, <laughs> ineffectively. Okay. A man walks in. A, a portly man balding with a peg leg. He walks in, um, his name is Obo Wunshu. He walks in, he looks around. Where does he see Gub when he comes to, when he comes to talk to him? Uh, I think Gub's at the bar. He's at the bar. Yeah, I don't think he's, I don't think he's like off in a corner in a, at a table. I think he's at the bar. Okay, yeah, so he's at the bar. It's very crowded. There are a lot of people at the bar, so he's not actually able to, like, sit next to you. He kind of has to, like, shimmy in between you and the person that you're speaking to. Okay. Uh, Yeah. I think he interrupts your conversation very rudely. uh, All right. I I think um, think Gub gives him kind of an annoyed but but, but bemused look. Ah, you're – so you're – I, I've come a long way looking for you, Gub. Uh, they told me they told me this is where you might hang out. Uh, I had to say I've, ca- I've walked a long way, and as you can see, and he kind of slaps his leg. Walking's not the easiest, so I hope that you'll give me a little bit of time to chat to chat with you. I think Gub says uh, he just <laughs> trying to think of a Gub voice. Uh, <laughs> he goes. Uh, uh, yeah, all right. Uh, I'm not doing anything better anyway. The person that you're with like hears that and is just like, "Oh, oh all right, well," <laughs> and like turns their back to you, and it it it, it stings, stings a little bit. It's a uh, cold Gub, moment. Gub doesn't notice. He doesn't realize he's done anything wrong. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So he kind of he grabs a, a stool from one of the tables and he kind of shimmies it real close in between you. Yeah, Gub does not get up to, like, find a table that makes this guy <laughs> no, no, no. He just kind of turns. <laughs> so I've come to you with work. I figure I figure that might be your language. I'm going to cut to the chase because I respect you. Uh, Gub nods. There's a, uh, it's not exactly as, what's the word I'm looking for? On the level as your ordinary work, but, um... But the pay is the pay is good, so I think that you might be interested. Would it better be good if you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna make me uh, risk my neck? Yes. Well, um, there's a small town. There's a small town. A few days travel. Uh, a few days of sail. That supposedly has built something that our employers at the Iron Crest Corporation are very interested in. We want you to go and get it. Grab the person responsible and bring him to bring him to the floating city of Ironcrest, where we can. Let's just leave it at that. If, you, if that's okay. 
thinks for a minute. Uh, he turns fully away from Oba One Eye and drinks his beer for like like too long, like 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 maybe a minute and a half. Okay, uh, yeah. And then, uh, so he has just gotten this beer and he's just drank that entire thing, but not chugged it, just very slowly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he he needs some time to process, but he he hasn't he hasn't told Oba uh, one Oba one shoe. Uh, Oba one shoe. Kind of, he just kind of takes the information. He turns away, starts drinking his beer, um, and after I'll, a little bit, I'll, I'll be I'll be here. I'll I'll wait. That's fine. It's... After a little bit, he turns back and he says, uh, yeah, I'll do it. Excellent. Wonderful. Well, I, I promise you the pay will be outstanding. Um, we have a vessel. He says, uh, how, do, how, will I, uh, how will I know this guy? Where, where, and where am, I, where am I taking him to? Uh, the Floating City of Ironcrest. You know the Floating City of Ironcrest is one of the headquarters of the many corporations that are running things in this world. It's a city that floats around from place to place, powered by these enormous rotors. We, um, his name is, his name is Hamish. He's a well-respected, uh, doctor in the community, uh, the community of Idalia on this small island. We can't imagine that the people will be happy that they'll be, uh, losing this doctor, so they, I imagine... Uh, are they strong? Are there a lot of them? There aren't many, but I imagine that they will put up uh, a spirited fight. So, whether that means you whether that means you abscond with him through cleverness or muscle, that's not part. It's not anything in the job that we're asking about. We merely want you to get the job done. We don't particularly care how you do it. I can beat these guys up. Yes, if that's what if that's what you want. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, uh, that, that sounds fun. Wonderful. We 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 do like having fun. All right. Well, <laughs> I hate it here, so I'm going to leave. Um, <laughs> your ship will be waiting for you in the morning. Good day. And he like starts wobbling off. One of the one of the like kids fighting out front bumps into him, and he almost falls over. And you just see him like shake his head, like I don't want to be here. I'm going home. So does uh, Gub do anything that night to prepare for his travel? Um, so he's got to go. So what? So I have to head to Idelia, grab this yeah. doctor, Hamish, and then bring him to Ironcrest. And it's going to be, um, I guess he's, he, he starts chatting up his friends at the bar of uh, what they know about Idelia. Has, do, do you imagine Gub's been to Idelia before? Is this, is this a... A popular area, or is this like a remote kind of? I imagine it's it's definitely a remote area. Um, but if you feel like I can, act, but I'll ask you: Do you think that this is an area that Gub has been to in his travels before? It's a very small, uh, like fishing community. <laughs> I can't imagine on an isolated why. island. Yeah, I can't imagine why he would have been there. So I think he's going to ask around. Uh, okay, if anybody knows anything about this place. Okay, make me. We're going to make a. We're going to make a roll to see okay. what you can find out about it. And right. if you happen to get into any trouble asking around. Okay, so, so I roll three die, three twenty-sided dice. Yeah. Okay. And I tell you, I'll just tell you what all of them are. Okay. Uh, I've got a 9, a 12, and a 19. Okay, so you're going to take that 12. Mm -hmm. uh, you're going to add 1 
for your spirit stat. Okay. Then we're going to tell some tales. So okay. the way this works is, what did we roll? Let's see. You've rolled, you've added their stat. So you rolled a 12. So the result is higher than eight, which means you get to tell a, you get to say a positive tale okay. uh, from this result. So what's, what's a good thing that com- that you, what's a, what's a helpful thing that you, a helpful information that you come across? Oh, helpful information. Yeah. Okay. Or, or you talk say- to some, or you talk to, or name someone that is helpful or something positive that. Okay. Yeah. Um, I think he finds somebody in the bar that is from Idelia. That's actually perfect. So he finds someone from Idelia who's able to provide him, tells you a lot about it. Okay. But uh, but the, dip of the bad tale is what they tell you about it. Okay. <laughs> the bad tale is they're talking, you're talking to them. They are a spindly, almost, like, malnourished, um, elven-looking fellow. Okay. So he's got, like, the pointy ears and the very angular features. Uh-huh. And he leans in, and you're asking him about Idelia. You know, you... I imagine Gub just very loudly is like, Hey, has anybody been here? <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. This, yeah, this malnourished, uh, gentleman steps up. I I am from uh, Idelia. Are you are you curious about traveling? And he kind of starts regaling you with the tales of this struggling but happy little like fisherman's village. And when you ask him why he's in Liberty instead of back in Idelia, he's like, "Well, the raids had gotten a bit too severe. I felt more comfortable taking my family and heading somewhere where I felt like I could be safer." The corporations, um, there were so many resources and things that were on our small little island that the corporations ravaged much of it. And I, I fear, I, we just, we feared for our lives. And so we, we left. Why, and now, now let me ask you, why are you, why are you so curious about Idelia? Are you planning a trip there? Are you planning a trip there to visit our famous fish shuckeries? <laughs> I think, uh, Gob, uh, Gub just says, uh, well, there's a, there's a man I need to see there. Uh, he's a, he's a doctor. Oh, Dr. Hamish. He's wonderful. He's, I don't know that our community would survive without him. If he were to be, if he were to leave, if he were to be taken, I don't know that we our our community would survive. (laughs) Uh, man, now I have to decide, <laughs> I basically have to decide Gub's alignment <laughs> uh, yeah. with how he reacts to this. Um, this is, this is a character moment. Yeah, 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 yeah. So he, he says, um, well, you know, if he's, uh, so good for you guys, then maybe he could be even better somewhere else. His, uh, his face drops. Oh, I understand what you're saying now. Well, good day to you, sir. And like quietly like shuffles off. We cut to the next, uh, we cut to the next morning. By the way, Gub takes that good day as, uh, that guy's totally on board. He totally convinced him. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, I want me to have a good day. I guess he, I guess I, I swayed him. You know what? I will. I will have a good day. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Thanks. <laughs> All right. Yeah. 
So the next day, um, they're loading up the ship. It is mm-hmm. a small, um, like a cutter vessel. So it's designed for mobility. It's a small thing. The crew are, you're like a mercenary. These are pirates. Okay. So you're the other one they hired, eh? And like um, an elderly, an elderly woman comes up and she has wooden teeth. Oh, no. She has like steel teeth. Like oh, Jaws right. from Moonraker. Yeah, it's real hard to find wood in this this world, I imagine. Yeah. Well, because it's steampunk and it's cool, so she's got <laughs> yeah. steel teeth. She's <laughs> got steel teeth. She steps up. Hold on. I gotta I gotta I gotta make my voice exactly right for steel teeth. Okay. <laughs> so you're the So you're the you're the latest one they hired, right? Uh yeah, name's name's Gub and he reaches his massive hand out. She shakes it with a dainty, like, with this practically a skeleton hand. They call me Josh. Wait, no, that's the guy's name for Moonraker. They call me <laughs> Fang. Because <laughs> of the teeth. They're made of steel. I don't know if you noticed. Uh, Gub's like, uh, those are, those are pretty nice. They call me Gub because, you know, my name's Gub. <laughs> Welcome aboard. This is my vessel. Um... We've got food. If you if you want to eat some breakfast, we've made some breakfast. And they're like, it's a bunch of shady looking dudes sharpening swords. Right. So you set out. It's about a three day journey. In the midst of day one, make me a mind roll. A mind roll. So 3d20, uh, don't add anything. Okay. Uh, my middle number is eight. Okay. So... We both get to announce uh, a tale. We both get to tell a tale. Okay. I'm going to go first. Sounds good. Okay. So I'm going to start with a neutral trail tale and that you see that you're not the only boat that's headed in this direction, okay. but not all of them have um, iron crest flags on them. So okay. it seems like there's a bit of a competition going on. The other thing, the bad tale is you see waves cracking in the distance or crashing in the distance, like waves like unsteady waters that and i'm going to ask you how you recognize this but you recognize this as a sea monster underneath the surface that is going to that uh it looks like you're on a a, a dead course to attack so tell me a, tell me a good tale now now it's your turn to tell me a good tale mm-hmm. and also how you recognize this um sea monster gub recognizes this sea monster because he has encountered them before when he was, when he was younger he worked on a vessel that would hunt these sea monsters so he knows okay. a good deal so this is also my good tale he knows a good deal about them and he shares the with the uh crew that uh he's got this there's nothing for any there's nothing for anybody to worry about okay he's got a, so, he's, got a, he's cooking up a one of his crazy plans in his head Okay, so um, so you recognize these crashing waves as a telltale sign of a sea hydra. Okay, yeah. It's, um... Oh, yeah, of course, of course I do. <laughs> sea it's a, hydra. It's yeah. a hydra in the sea. I feel like I can't get clearer than that, so I'm not going to bother explaining what it is. No, 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 and, and, and look, I know all about these sea hydra. Yeah, you see it crashing, you see one of its many heads, like, come up on a, on it with its long neck, and it's like like meat like a three feet of fangs 
it comes up and like you see it come back under the water and you're seeing the splashing and you're headed like your boat is headed straight for it unless you tell them to to redirect but also you see all of these other boats are also headed right for it they're headed right for it no one's no one's turning away you no one has uh it well you're all like a fair distance away but it doesn't seem like anybody else has noticed so what's your plan of action head st- he wants to head straight for the monster okay and he uh he wants to he wants to figure out a way to get all the surrounding ships to to head forward as quick as fast and recklessly as their ship is uh, okay so <laughs> how about he challenges uh, he if there's some sort of signal in this culture for this uh you can let me know but he wants to challenge every surrounding vessel to a, a race let's let's world build and say <laughs> okay. that there is there yeah, is more not only is there a series of like flag gestures that you can do among ships uh, there is also the thing that well, that you and I are going to establish right now is there's also a racing subculture of these like steampunk <laughs> pirate ships I love that um so I'm gonna ask you I have a question for you since you pretty much kind of just established this yeah more so it's more so than I did at least i'm gonna have I have a question for you and you can answer this however you like. Does does Gub have a background in this racing or not? Uh, I don't. Well, so okay, if he spends some time uh, on a on a ship, if this is just like part of their culture, then I imagine it's not like a passion of his. But he's been okay. He's been in a race or two. Yeah, many. Yeah, like probably probably a good number of times. It's probably not. I, I don't imagine this is one of Gub's pastimes. I just imagine that it's a thing that he's been around a lot. Okay. So then, yeah. So uh, Fangs gets very excited. She tells her flagman, her flagman being the person that signals other boats with flags, <laughs> yeah, right. kind of an air traffic control guy. Yeah, sure. He starts signaling. You see several of the boats around you drop a flag that is like the racing flag. So we'll say it's just the checkered flag. I feel like that's appropriate. Yeah, absolutely. They all drop the checkered flags, which says to boats around them, Hey, we're racing. (laughs) And they all start speeding up and going. All right. I love this. Now make, now I'm going to ask for a spirit roll, but I'm going to say that because this is a crazy plan, that it's just crazy enough to work. Should at this point, at this point, should I just say, should I tell you what his plan is? Yeah, yeah. Like, like fully from from front to back. So he intends to race all these boats towards the Sea Hydra, and then, knowing the behaviors of Sea Hydra, attract the Sea Hydra to the other boats and not to his own. Okay. So uh, I imagine uh, it could be. Uh, a scent thing, or there's a color that Sea Hydra can't, like a like you know, red and bulls, or um, well, I or, actually have a thought on this that I think kind of makes sense. It's almost like a game of chicken. It is really what I'm thinking. Yes, like it's just really the Sea Hydra is going to mangle whoever gets there first, <laughs> right? And hopefully it'll be full by the time. So you're kind of just hoping that like you can distract the sea hydra with these other bodies that you're sending to the slaughter (laughs) yes okay so i'm gonna say 
depending on how Gub enacts part of this plan, whether he's like actively steering the boat or if he's just telling people what to do, you can roll me either a finesse or a spirit. Uh, I think he's he's telling other people what to do. Okay. Um, either, either way, you're bolstered on this action, so you'll roll three dice, take the highest result. Okay. I got, oh, man. Oh, wait. Oh, I add one for spirit, right? Yeah. So I got a 14, homie. Perfect. Perfect. I don't get to tell a bad tale. Nice. So um, so I think that – so tell me the good tale. Tell me, like, how it how it goes down. All right, so uh, so he signals to all these other boats to race. They all start racing forward. Um, uh, Gub's boat is ahead at first, and then it starts to fall back, and uh, everybody around is celebrating that the the person who initiated the race has fallen off out of like a Schadenfreudic. Joy. Yeah, right. And um, and then uh, the Hydra. Then all of a sudden, Hydra pops out of the water. And uh, I, am I allowed to say how many of these opponent boats get destroyed? Or you, that's that's too much. I'm that's I'm overstepping my bounds there. So yeah, I think it appears uh, it appears that all of those boats have been consumed. I think that's fair. That, that's okay. a fair tale to say. All right, so it it, it consumes those boats, and then uh, Gub's boat sails through unharmed. Okay, yeah. So um, so the next day and a half is clear sailing. You um you get closer to Idelia, and what you find is you come upon a great deal of. Oh man, yo! I just realized uh, I should have used warp time there and made the other boats go faster, or the Hydra go. F- ah, it doesn't matter. It all worked. You get you can you can warp time another time. Yeah, I'm trying to pay attention to all these traits and stats. I'm trying to trying to stay true to them. See, right, yeah, sorry, I don't continue. know that, that that's a scenario where he would have used magic because I think he's too aware. Oh, okay. All right. You know what I, I mean? I like it. I like you justifying what I considered a mistake. Yeah. Well, let's well you were saying that you were saying that he's a, he he doesn't quite understand his powers and so they kind of only oh. come up when he has to use them. Yeah, that's super fair. I like So it. I think that I makes think. a lot of sense that he wouldn't have used it. Yeah, you're right. You're right. There's never mistakes in tabletop role playing. <laughs> Uh, okay. <laughs> Only opportunities for creative storytelling. A collection of fishing boats, like kind of canoes, and there are elvish elves, essentially elves, wearing mm-hmm. like tunics and carrying long bows, and they're kind of bow fishing, and they have tiny ropes on the arrows so they can pull them back, and they're catching fish. They see you, they see your boat, and they start scattering. Okay. Do you let them depart, or do you try to interact with them? Or convince the other people on the boat to do something? Um, How does Gub react to seeing these, the, the panic, the, uh, these panicking fishing boats? So they're, they're interpreting this boat as a raiding party. Uh, I think Gub would understand him. He's not too dumb to understand that. Um, I think he would want to uh, uh, communicate some level of peace to these people okay better better flee roll me another spirit roll okay uh i got a 14 uh 15 so because it's plus one 15 15 okay what's the what's the good tale that comes from um you trying to hail down one of these fishing boats 
uh, I'm guessing one of them. He 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 kind of hails to them uh, like uh, like a like a like a whatever 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 flag gesture means. Uh, you know, we come in in peace, trying to let them know they're not a raiding party. And one of them slows down okay. enough to talk to. Okay. They they throw out a rope ladder. The elves come aboard. There's okay. two of them. They appear to be related. They look very similar. Okay. They are brother and sister. They, they, they introduce themselves and explain that they're related. It's not just <laughs> Gub making a weird assumption in retrospect. <laughs> that's, that's how they introduce themselves. They come on board and they say, hey, I'm, you know, I'm this name, I'm this name, we're brother and sister. <laughs> this is how they identify two people. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I assume they say we're brother and sister before they said their names like you did. So their defining characteristics in their own minds are that they have a brother and they have a sister. <laughs> oh, give me a second. Give me a second. Okay. <laughs> yeah. They come aboard. They say, hey, we're brother and sister. <laughs> my name is Irene. This is my brother, Joseph. <laughs> Irene and Joseph, the brother and sister. <laughs> <laughs> they're we- they're definitely wearing shirts with some sort of family crest on them. So you could have already told that they were related, but they still felt the need to spell it out. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> okay, yeah. So they introduce themselves. You can feel free to interact with, like, how do you interact with them now that they're, like, on board and they've not run away from you? Um... Or do you let uh, Fangs like what's 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 Gub's what's Gub's approach? I think he would. Uh, I think he would let Fangs lead because he's not. I think he has at least some idea that he's not the most socially adept okay. person. So I think he would let Fang lead. Well, first. yeah. But if he feels like it was, if he felt like it was going awry he would intervene okay um you might not be right about whether or not it's going awry it's just uh, yeah okay yeah so fangs is talking to them so fangs is talking to them they are initially friendly you know they she explains that they're 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 not a raiding party that they've come to meet with dr hamish they wish to talk with him about a business opportunity Mm mm-hmm Irene and Joseph are initially understanding. They offer to escort your boat to the to the dock, and uh, they can talk to Doctor Hamish and get a meeting set up. Okay. So, but um, but as that's happening, like you guys start to head towards the shore. As that's happening, you see one last of those rival boats that you thought had been consumed by a sea hydra. Oh, coming over the horizon. Okay. And this one looks like it's much more ready to be a raiding boat than a we're going to pick this guy up thing. Um, in, in hearing Fangs talk to Irene and Joseph, you can tell that she honestly, she feels kind of similar to you that Hamish could do better work with I, like under this corporation than he could. She believes in the mission as has been stated. Right. She, she, does, she doesn't. She's not interested in dragging this guy off in the cover of night. No, but she's also, like, uh, uh, pretty unconcerned for the well-being of this village. Yeah, yeah, she yeah. believes she believes in the mission. You guys had some time to talk about this, I'll say. Okay, okay, cool. She believes in the mission. She genuinely believes that 
somebody that somebody like Hamish, an inventor of that level, needs to be in a place where he can invent the best possible things to help make this new world the best it can be. Okay, that's her opinion on it. Awesome, I like this fangs. She's a good. She's she's nice. I, I'm I'm growing to like her as well. No, I was just saying I like these characters. I like this world. This is a lot of this is a, this is a fun place to be in with some fun people. It is. I'm liking it a lot. So this boat that you see on the horizon, it is the, I'm going to say, it is, the name of the boat is the Throne of Skulls. <laughs> All right. Not to put too fine a point on it. No, no, no. Just, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Yeah. Even Gub understands, like, how obnoxiously blunt that is. which means you're dealing with the kind of people that thought that that was not thought that was a good idea okay yeah 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 so they thought that sounded cool (laughs) yeah i didn't think that sounded cool they did right right just establishing that up front so they're the intellect level of like say uh an improv troupe that names themselves mixed nuts yes uh yeah or or a band that names themselves like bad attitude yeah, exactly that. So you know what these guys are after. Right. So I think Gub would immediately uh, uh, call the other boat out as being a raiding party. Okay. Well, Irene perks up. Well, then we must Dude. hurry. Right, brother? And then Joseph looks <laughs> at her. Right, sister. I don't want them to hurt my brother. I don't want them to hurt my sister. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And then they like they have like a little secret handshake that they do. It's real weird. <laughs> I mean, so me and you know it's weird. Gub doesn't think it's weird. No, that's fun. Yeah. Okay, so you come to shore. Um, you're greeted by a number of these elves. They hail you down. You explain. Fangs explains your purpose on the island. They sort of reluctantly take you to the doctor's office of Doctor Hamish. Okay. It's. Equal parts, like, a military med bay and, like, a workshop. I have a question for you. Yes. Uh, how far away was that raiding party that we saw? You imagine it'll be here. It's maybe, it's, the sun is high in the sky. It's about noon. You imagine it'll be here by nightfall. Okay, so we do have a little bit of time. You have a little bit of time. It's not weird that we can just walked like saw somebody running at us and then walked away no 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 okay. it's you saw them on the horizon with your keen with the keen eyes of a hero okay and there's a dramatic close-up but you but it's still like a boat okay cool. like it's gonna take a while yeah 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 true so they take you that's like equal parts a military medical base so there's cops there's people that are like taped up and then there are like iron working machines Dr. Hamish is he's a very fat elf okay. with a ponytail, with like a black ponytail. All right, cool. And he has little tiny spectacles on. Nice. One of his hands is a machine hand because Whoa. steampunk. Yes. <laughs> yes. He like looks at you under, like from behind his glasses. Are you here? Are you here to visit the fish shuckeries? Uh, I guess Gub's just like, oh, we're, we're here for you. Okay. Make me a spirit roll, as we're going to start, we're going to do a short challenge. A challenge is just a series of related roles to determine how uh, 
your time with Dr. Hamish works, and then we're going to do the big climactic set piece, which is going to be a larger challenge of what happens with this raiding party. Okay. All right, so uh, so I got a seven. A seven. Which is not good for me. Not good. Nah. Okay, so the bad tale that I'm going to tell is... Um, the bad tale that I'm going to tell is he hears you say that. He sighs deeply. And he looks at you. And he smiles a little bit. Like, he feels very warm. Even amidst <laughs> this tropical climate, he there's a warmth coming from him. Okay. You know, I won't go peacefully, right? You're not the first corporation to come try to, and he air quotes, recruit me. Um, <clears throat> and that's the bad so, tale is just establishing that he's, he knows, okay. he knows yeah. the deal and he's not going to go peacefully. Uh, can I, res- can Gub respond? Can I tell a, I guess a neutral tale or do I have to roll? I have to roll another thing. You can tell a neutral tale, tale and roll another thing. So, uh, I guess before, yeah, before I roll, Gub's response to that would be like, uh, well, uh, I think there's good reasons to come with us, but, uh, I mean, you are coming with us. So it's, he doesn't really see, there's no, there's no, you know, uh. Sure, sure, sure. He's not really doing anything, it's just, uh, okay, alright, so roll what? Um, in that case, I'm gonna say roll me a brawn. Okay. I'm going to so, say because you're intimid you it's you're, it sounds like intimidation to me. Right. I'm going to say that's brawn instead of spirit. Okay. Then uh oh wow, I got a I got a 19. Okay. 16 plus 3. So tell me um tell me the good thing that comes that comes from you like being very blunt about it. So I say that and I kind of um when I see he's interpreting it at that as a threat, not an open, like a, like a, like a opening for a dialogue. Sure. Uh, he kind of like starts pulling out his massive sword, like about halfway. Okay. Uh, and I think, um, I think Hamish not wanting any harm to come to all these, these people in his, his, his lab, his doctor's office Mm -hmm. sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, he says, uh, he says, uh, if this, I, I'm going to have to ask you about this. Either he says he'll come with them or he says that they'll, they can continue talking about this. Uh, I think, I think what happens is, yeah, I think he puts up his hands. I think, I think yeah. you start to draw your sword. He kind of puts his head in his hand and he goes for a sword that's on like the side of his table. Mm-hmm. And he's like, this, this is how it goes. This is how it goes. And I think at that moment, Irene and Joseph, like, run in. Okay. And they kind of, like, stop it. And, yeah, they kind of stop it. And so he's like, how do you know my son and daughter? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Um, I guess, yeah, Gub would just be like, oh, I met him on the way in. They're, uh, they're really not, do you know they're brother and sister? (laughs) Did they do that? I told you guys that's weird. I <laughs> stop doing that. You're making people uncomfortable. And Irene's just like, they should know. They need to know. <laughs> they should know. <laughs> It'd be lying if we didn't tell them. Okay, so make me another spirit roll. Okay. As the four of you sit down and chat. When? 
Fangs joins you. I'm going to say that you can make this a spirit roll and you can bolster it because you have these three people all kind of helping you to convince Hamish. Awesome. Man, things are going well for, for old Gub. Um, I got a spirit roll, so it's 13. Okay. So, good tale and a bad tale. Um, the good tale, I assume, is that he hears you out. Unless there's something else you want, I think the good tale is just he, like, hears you out. He takes it all in. He thinks you've made some great points. But he leans in. Yeah. I can go with you, but you have to understand, they need me for a lot of things. Not just not just treating the sick and not just building my devices. They need me for security because of things like the creature. <laughs> oh, wow. Um, uh, so, like, creature? Yes. Allow me to show you. And he leans up and he stands up. As he stands up, he grabs his sword. If you can help me with this, I would be much more amenable to coming with you. Um, I guess Gub would look at Fangs and kind of shrug, like, uh, I'm game. Yeah, she, 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 why don't you go with him? I'm going to stay here with Irene and Joseph, and we're all going to, I think we're going to finish, I'm going to keep them calm if you want to go. Okay, let me, I need to look up the uh, stats of this wizard eye real quick. Okay. Because I think he would want to keep an eye on what's going on here. It lasts for one hour, I guess. Now, can I okay. make... So this is this is a question for you. Yeah? Can I make multiple wizard eyes? I, I think... Have, can I do this once? The way I'm going to say it works, mm-hmm. you can make one for free. Okay. Further ones will require a roll. Will uh, require a good tail. Yeah, yeah. Okay. A good tail allows you to... Open your mind's eye and see multiple th- because the way it works is you're opening your mind's eye and seeing two things at once. Yeah. To split it even further would take like extra concentration. Yeah, true. And the way it works is the bad tale, I'll say up front, is not that you're unable to do it, it's that that second one, that that one the previous one you made just goes away. Okay. All right, cool. Yeah, uh then he's going to he's going to make a wizard eye and okay. I, I don't think he's going to do it blatantly. Yeah, um, sure. I think he's very he's good gonna, at that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so either he's going to escape to the bathroom to make a wizard eye, and that is not a euphemism, um, <laughs> or he's going to kind of lead over to just some some small item in the room, like uh, if there's like a, maybe even just like a coin that he can... Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think that's exactly what he does. He takes a coin from his coin purse, he puts it down, and he can sort of... It feels like you're in the room even as you leave. Okay. Fangs, you hear Fangs proceed to inform them about the raiding party that you guys, that you're, that you know is coming. Okay. And so they start to make plans of, like, organizing the town militia. Okay. You walk with, meanwhile, you're walking with Hamish. He takes you to the outskirts of town, to a well, and he's like... <laughs> and he's like, this is, this is where we used to get our water. However... Someone, however, someone was once the once the first, second person was taken, we stopped coming by the well. Okay, I have built us a little tiny uh, water purification thing, which is what Ironcrest is after. They want they want the ability to sell purified water. But if you can help me figure out figure out and stop whatever the creature is at the bottom of this well then I would be more amenable to leaving my, my people behind because they would have the stuff that they would need to survive. Uh, so Gub says, have you ever uh, you ever seen this creature? We've seen 
tendrils. They look yeah. like shadows, like literally on the ground shadows, and then they crawl up your leg, and suddenly you're dragged off to the well. And looking around now, you see, like, a circle of stones, mm-hmm. like, about about maybe, like, a couple hundred feet out, and you can see that, like, the grass here has sort of died, and no one is around, like, has overgrown, and no one has kind of stepped here for a while. Wow. Okay. Cool. So, uh... He says, uh, and, uh, how, how deep's that well? Um, well depth. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Gub doesn't understand, uh, but nods anyway. And he says, um, all right. Don't, don't watch me when I do this. And he and turns he, around respectfully. <laughs> he picks up a, he picks up a rock and, uh, attempts to make another wizard eye. Okay. This one, so, um. This one I can make. I'm going to make one of the ones that can fly wherever I want, but it lasts for one hour. Okay. Yeah. So uh, make me a mind roll. All right. Mind. I, I have zero in mind. I almost took a negative one in mind, but okay. So, oh, I have zero. But yeah, I, have a, I got a. I got a seven. Okay. Yeah. So you make this new eye, um, but you kind of feel yourself. You feel like you're in the room with Joseph and Irene and Fangs, and suddenly that room kind of melts away into uh, where, the room that you're holding in this rock. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, I send the rock floating down the well. Okay. What you see is it starts to get dark, and it starts to get dark a lot sooner than you would expect, and then it gets a lot darker than you would expect. It sort of it goes into like a fully formed like. It's just black. And then suddenly it's black with these, like, red veins around it. And you go lower. And you see at the base, there is what appears to be, like, like a giant spider. Okay. Maybe the size of, like, a Doberman or something. So small, but still giant for a spider. And it's just sitting, and you can see, like, this shadow is just spilling out of its mouth as it weaves these webs. Or I guess out of its backside, because it weaves webs out of its backside. And it's just spilling these black shadows with these veins of red. And you see the red veins, like, skittering around the sides of the well. Now, uh, this... There's no... I, I, made, I made no turns or anything. This this spider thing is straight down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just straight at the bottom of the well. Um, right. You see the rushing water underneath it. Gub's, Gub gets really uh, confident about this, and he, um, and he, he, he I, I think he wants to pull the rock back up so that it can help, so we can see underneath, so that he can have like an eye underneath sure, him. Sure, sure. Um, and he pulls out his his giant sword, and his plan is to just point it downward, and. And just leap down the well. Okay. Yep. Um, that's crazy enough to work. <laughs> okay. I'm willing to call that a crazy plan. He's 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 certain that the water at the bottom will be enough to stop his fall. Uh, so make me a yeah. brawn roll as you come crashing down. Okay. What happens as you're rolling, I'll say that uh, the neutral tail is as you're going, these 
tendrils, like these shadows, but with these red veins grab at you and they grab at you, but you're just hurtling down so fast that you, at first you're just like ripping through them. Right. I, uh, so I, I'm keeping an eye with this, uh, with my wizard eye, I'm keeping an eye on these tendrils. And if I feel like they're going to, there's too many and they're going to impede me. I might at that point use warp time, but okay. I'll, I'll make this initial roll. That makes sense. Yeah. Okay. And then, um, yeah. And then the other thing you see is as you're going, the tendrils are kind of panicking over top of the whale and they're starting to rush out that way. And Hamish is sort of like fighting them back with his sword up top as well. Okay. Um, all right. Here's my roll. One fell off the table. And this is and bolstered, is, so you're rolling your, you're taking your highest result. It is not good. <laughs> so my high, oh no, my highest result is a seven. Okay. So you come, you, you're coming down and the tendrils are surrounding you and they're just, there's more and more of them. I think that you're going to have to use, uh, the warp, warp time. time. Yeah. I think okay. that. You've been you're 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 tangled. You're starting to get tangled up. Um, but I'm still I'm still plummeting, right? Yeah, yeah. You're still plummeting, but I'm you're slowing. You're starting to slow down. Okay. Um, all right. So, uh, do I make another roll? Yes. Make me another roll. We'll say it's another bolstered brawn roll because of your warp time. Okay. This one is oh, and it's bolstered, so this one's a fifteen. Great, great. So, um, describe to me, yeah. So, describe to me the good tale that comes at the end of this. All right. So, um, you know, I'm picturing this very like uh, Final Fantasy or something, and he's uh, well, not not Final Fantasy because that's turn based. What's a what's a good? I'm picturing it like some sort like of like Devil May Cry. Like you mean like a quick time event? <laughs> Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, I'm I'm imagining him just No, uh what am I what am I you know, forget this. Can you you know, you know, if you don't edit this out, everybody listening forget that whole <laughs> that whole aside that I was trying to that whole little avenue I was trying to go down down. Uh he's just plummeting downward with his sword facing downward. Uh he starts speeding up and then he, he's moving faster than uh yeah. Then they can grab him. Yeah, uh, he's he looks like uh, he looks like he's moving in in fast forward. Yep. And he just plummets through the center of this spider, and he lands on the other side in the water, uh, and still using his warp time, slows himself down sure. at that point, and uh, he's just floating there as pieces of this shadow spider monster start. Like, rumbling and, and falling on top of him. Yeah, that's exactly what happens. The monster is felled, and in an instant, it goes from, like, the blackest black you've ever seen, like, the those unbearable darkness with just those flickers of red light, to, like, the bottom of a well. So it's still pretty dark, but it's, like, the bottom <laughs> of a well. Um, so Gub shouts up uh, to Hamish from the bottom of the well. He's like, how do I get out of here? Uh, yeah, so what, what happens is uh, we see the camera focus on Hamish's, like, the outline of his head peeking over the well. <laughs> okay. And it just pans up. And we're now, like, in the village square. 
and the people are really excitedly like grabbing well water. They're like, hey, our well is back. Yay. Nice. And Hamish is sitting with you and he's like, I made you a deal and I, I, I intend to honor that deal. I will go with you. Uh, I trust I trust you in that um, my work with Ironcrest will be for the best. So thank you. I thank you. And it's around that time that the bells start ringing that the, um, the throne of skulls is closing in. <laughs> All right. So what's his, what's big picture? Cause I think, I think that what happens is there's just a big giant. Well, there might be a battle. Let me ask you like, what's Gub's plan? Is, um, is it mobilizing the people? Is it facing off against the captain of the skull, the throne of skulls himself? Is it a third option? Uh, I think he, I think he would mobilize the people for defense, right? Okay. I think he would say, uh, protect Hamish, uh, protect your village. Uh, and then he'd, he'd say, I got this. Uh, okay. I don't, I don't even think he'd come up with a crazy plan for this. I think sure. For this one, he's just like, I'm going to, I'm a tough guy. I've been in plenty of fights. I'm going to take these dorts head on. Um, and he, 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 uh, he implores Fangs and his crew of sword carrying mercenaries. What, what is, what was the name of their boat? Did we ever have a name for that? Um, no, we never actually named their boat. I think, what do you think it should be called? So it might be, it's, so it's Fang's boat. Fang is the captain of that boat? Fang's is the captain, yeah. Fang's is the captain. Uh, it's an Iron Crest boat. It's loyal to Iron Crest. Yeah. It's not, yeah, it's yeah. Not a, so, so, um, the Iron Fang is too on the nose, but I can't think of anything better. I think it should be called the Sea Chomper. Hmm? The Sea Chomper. That's good. Yeah, that's fine. It's the Sea Chomper. Sea Chomper. Okay. She's real proud of those teeth, and I'm. I'm. I'm I, it's kind of inspiring, you, if I'm being honest. Jeff, Jeff, you should be proud of those teeth. So yeah. So so the Sea Chomper. Okay. Um. So the plan is, if I understand it correctly, the people are going to defend themselves. They're going to hunker down to defend themselves in Hamish. The Sea Chomper is going to go out to meet the boat. And then Gub is going to wreck some people. Yes. Okay. That 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 is that is Gub's uh, plan. Okay. That's exactly what happens. Um, where we cut to on the boat, the throne of skulls, which everything's black. There's a whole bunch <laughs> of skull motifs, and there are yeah. like metal skulls, so they're not even like it's not even like they've been killing people and taking their skulls. <laughs> Right, they've been drawing skulls on things. There's a bunch of guys, and they're all wearing, like, they're wearing the cheesiest goth pirate gear you can imagine. Nice. And they all have skull masks. And they're swinging oh, wow. swords and chains and things. So let's get into the final creepy. battle then. Um, yeah, so you're facing about, like, three to five pirates at the start. Um, all right, uh, three to five pirates does, I guess... Uh, if Gub at any point starts to feel outpaced, he would use his warp time. Okay. But I think for just, like, three to five pirates uh, versus one, you know, hulking Gub, yeah, yeah, yeah. he's just gonna he's just gonna start swinging that sword. Okay. Roll me that, roll me that brawn roll, then. Alright. Two, a ten, and a seven, so it's a... Ten. So the seven plus three is a ten. Yeah, so ten. Um... Okay, what's the the good tale? 
what's the good tale? Describe to me how you take out one of those one of those pirates. Another and the second one runs off. <laughs> okay, uh, so Gub is swinging his massive sword around, and uh, it just. It just goes through a guy like this. The uh, the the force of the swing just brings that sword straight through his his middle. Okay, yeah, and he just yeah, and he just goes in half. Second guy drops his chain and just like jumps into the water and is gone. <laughs> yeah, the third guy. Uh, the bad tale is that the third guy is going to. You swing the sword, and the third guy takes advantage and comes behind you with a smaller chain and starts to, like, try to choke you out. Okay. So he's now behind you with a chain to your throat. So, oh man, warp time's not even going to really help in this in this scenario. So, yeah, uh, it's just got to be straight up. Straight up brawn on brawn. Uh, All right. Gub's just going to try and pull that guy. He's going to drop his sword and just attempt to pull that guy's arms off. Up, uh, yeah, off. Like uh, away from each other. So yeah, yeah, yeah. If he can pull them off that dude's body, even better. Okay, so make me that brawn roll. Okay. 9, 17, and 20. So it's a 20. Yeah. I think he. Um, make me a good tail, and you can go as big as you want with this because you rolled so well. All right, so he he drops the sword to the ground and then grabs the either of the dude's arms and just starts pulling them outward. Now the guy has a significantly shorter arm span than Gub, yep. and the chain is significantly shorter than Gub's arm span. So the so he starts pulling. He starts hearing some pops from the dude's uh, shoulders. He keeps pulling, the chain snaps, and he keeps pulling, and he's got two arms dangling yep. uh, from either hand, and he just kind of throws them on the ground and turns around to look at the guy who instantly passes out. Yeah, he's passes out, I think, is, a, is an understatement for what that man <laughs> yeah. has just done. Do you think? Do you think? Do you think you would die if a if a big brawny man pulled ripped both of out your arms both off? of your arms? I do. Oh think yeah, that. you're right. I guess some vital organs would probably still be attached. Even if you those. just go into shock, I feel like there's no <laughs> there's no coming back from that. All right, so the guy just drops. Uh, unless unless uh, to be to be cruel <laughs> to uh, to that to that man, we make him survive. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's crying on the ground. And he's going to have to live. We say cruel, but he's going to get robot arms out of this. Oh, yeah. He's, yeah. he's well, probably he's... going to come for vengeance. Sequel. Sequel. <laughs> right. Yeah, that guy survives. Just writing down armed man so I can remember that. Okay. So at that moment, um, you're standing and you've got his, you have both of his arms in your hands like clubs. Yeah. You fight off a few other guys. With the arms? I, I, I'm visualizing with the arms. You can pick up the sword after if you want. Yeah, that's But at I least did. for now, yeah. like, you've got the arms. Yeah, yeah, that's great. I love it. Then the captain comes out. The captain on the throne of skulls is, uh, is sitting on a throne of skulls <laughs> that has... Wait. That has like spider legs. It's a whole robot apparatus. Okay. <laughs> and he's like sitting, sipping wine with a sword in hand. Uh, is he a big guy? He is. He's not a big guy, but the throne of skulls with the spider legs is very large. Okay. He's like a tiny man sitting on this giant throne, and he okay. sees you. 
Well, I suppose you should be the one I should want to fight, I suppose. Uh, uh, <laughs> I'm going to try to be clever and he's going to fail. He's gonna, you suppose, I, I suppose I should be the one that you die, die to. <laughs> okay, so um, make me an action and go ahead and make a roll. Um, all right, so he's going to immediately go for the legs on the... Okay. He's got his sword back in his hand at this point, and yep. he's immediately going to go for the legs on the spidery skull chair. Okay. Um, so, five, a seven, and a ten. Seven plus three is... Unless that's finesse. No, no, we'll call that brawn. It's a big... Okay. It's a hunking so sword. A ten. Yeah, okay. Great. You lob off the... You lob off the legs of the spider. Okay. However... Um, and he tumbles out of the chair and his wine and what happens is he tumbles out and the bad tail is he throws wine in your eyes and it burns. Oh, damn. And he's like, he's like, that's the difference between you and I. I cheat all the time. <laughs> um, see, I guess Gub's going to try to be clever again. He says that the difference between you and I is that I when this the fight we're about to have honey you, you probably just don't and you lo- and you lose the the, the 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 fight i honey you really don't need a comeback for everything i say that's and, fine and you know what you're i also don't like you cuz i think you're s- stupid fair enough <laughs> so yeah okay make me the make me your next roll okay um so he's got he's got wine in his eyes I guess he's gonna make a a quick wizard eye so he's he can see what he's doing. Um, okay, sure. What's a, so what's a, a uh, he? It has to be eye sized. Is there a small skull? What's the yes, sp- there's a tiny skull. Want you so, rip one of the skulls off of the throne and throw it into the air, and now you can see with it. Okay, what you I- see is that um, the people on it's a fairly even fight. Mm-hmm. You see um, fangs. Has ripped is rips and you see her rip into someone's neck with her fangs. Whoa! They go down, but you also see um, two of her crewmen get like speared by um, two of the the Throne of Skulls pirates. Okay. So they're killed with spears. So it's a back and forth fight. Yikes! But you see a number of people on both sides looking at you dueling with the captain, and you're pretty confident if you can take this guy, take out the captain. Mm-hmm. that you've got it and you see him like reaching for a dagger behind his back to try and stab you okay uh i think he's going uh gub would reach to grab the hand with the dagger in it okay i'm gonna sell that finesse okay um we got a nine plus one ten okay you grab the hand with the dagger uh, yeah, you succeed in grabbing the hand with a dagger. He, through the eye, you see him go pale in the face. And then the color returns to his face as he, you know, ta- you know the end of Taxi Driver? When he's got the thing on his sleeve that he slides the gun oh, out with? Oh, yes, yes. He does that with a, with, he does that with a, yeah, he does that with a gun. With one of those, like, pirate pistols. A oh, flintlock. Damn. And okay. he, like, shoots you in the knee. Whoa. Okay. Um, so you're both feeling pretty beat up at this point. All right. 
So Gubbs, and this is the leg closest to him. This is the leg, the same side as, like, this is the leg below the pistol. Yeah. Okay. So, and he's still got So this would be his non-dominant hand, which would be, I guess, the same side as your non-dominant side, because you had his dominant hand with the dagger in your hand. Okay. Gub would, it would understand that a gun, these, a flintlock gun, it can, it can fire one shot? Yeah. Okay, so he doesn't have to worry about the gun. No, no, no. So he's just bringing the sword around. Okay. So make Uh, me that brawn roll. I got... Oh, a very bad roll. I got a seven. Okay. So what happened? Yeah. Yeah, so you try to bring the sword up, and you drop it, and it tumbles over the side of the boat. No! God, what's going to happen? Um, so what has happened is I've been tracking your, essentially, hit points. Um, you get a number of, like, bad tails. Uh, if you get one more, you suffer a condition, which is a much worse bad tail than usual. Yikes. So this role is this, but if, but on the other end, uh, I've been tracking the challenge, which is the number of roles it takes to defeat these pirates. If you succeed, if you get a good tail here, even if you suffer, even if you get also a bad tail, mm-hmm. you beat them, you win. Okay. So this is the most important role. You don't have your sword. <laughs> I don't have my sword. I don't have my leg <laughs> and my hand is con- is busy well you're uh, you can you can like it's just yeah you can like walk around and stuff just powered by adrenaline okay um then i'm going to warp time okay on myself and then just charge this dude over the boat okay Make me that roll. And I'm going to say bolster that because of the warp time. Okay. Uh, oh, then... Uh, and is this... What's the stat? Um, we'll say brawn. Yeah, brawn. All right, then I got an 18. Yeah, then describe to me... Okay, then uh, if I can take this description, if that's okay, because okay, I can yeah, visualize yeah. very clearly what happens... You warp time and suddenly you rush at him like a car. You hit him and you grab him and suddenly like you slow yourself down with the warp time. Okay. So you go from like super fast to like super slow just at the edge of the boat. So you essentially like, (laughs) so he's got that, that inertia, but you've already lost it. So he just goes flying. Yeah. I like trebuchet him off the boat. Yeah, exactly. He's like a missile. They drop their weapons. They put up their hands. Um, we cut to later. We're going to do one last bit of world building just to, like, wrap up the ending. Actually, two. I have two, I have two things. Uh, so I'm going to say a thing. You can ask me a question, a, le- a question about it. Okay. So the Sea Chomper okay. has, is now the name of what used to be the Throne of Skulls. Fangs has claimed that boat. Nice. She has given you... The what used to be the sea chomper, so that's okay. your boat now. So you have your own boat. That's awesome. So I have I I have a leading question for you, which is what do you what do oh. you name what is the what is Gub's name of Gub's boat? Because that's going to be I'm excited about that. The Gub Tub. The Gub Tub. The Gub Tub. So the world building I want to ask you about is mm-hmm. how Doctor Hamish working with Iron Crest 
goes? Is it beneficial? Do you think it goes poorly? So here's here's how I see it, and I don't know if I have to roll. No, no, no. This, this is just – I might ask you a, a question after this, but this is just you get to establish whatever you want. So I can tell a little – a quick little epilogue yes, story yes. here. And it's and, – and, and anything yeah. goes. So I think Hamish starts working – Coes to work for Ironcrest, and he realizes he can do a lot uh, better work there. Um, but he is still very concerned for his town of Idelia, and he wants um, he wants them to be taken care of. He wants uh, uh, Ironcrest to provide them with um, some of their own beneficial technology to help defend them from raiders sure. in sure, the sure, future. Sure. And they turn him down at first. And this is where Gub redeems himself because he explains this to Gub, who then walks into the office next to Hamish and uses some of his skills, you know, intimidating yeah. uh, brawn to intimidate the uh, the higher ups at Ironcrest to uh, acquiesce. I think that's perfect. Yeah, and and so uh, Idelia remains taken care of. Uh, Hamish did not, you know, sacrifice his uh, ideals, for lack of a better word. And, uh, yeah, and, and Gub gets a little bit of a redemption. Okay, I don't have a question, but I do just have one last note before we wrap up. And that's that, like, we see that, yeah. like, we see a faraway shot of these boats coming and, like, helping Idelia. Gub, the Gub tub is at the front of them. It's a real happy ending. We pan away. It cuts to black. It comes back. And there's just, there's like, we're in a forge in the middle of nowhere, and a hammer is hitting metal, and it, and, and like, they dip the thing into water, and it's like an arm, and that, that guy with no arms is looking at it, and he's like, it begins. <laughs> Yay! That was so much fun, Matt, thank you so much for coming on I love it. Uh, the show, that was so much fun. That was a lot of fun. Jeff, thank you so much for that having me. That was a blast. I, I really enjoyed that. So uh, real quick, let's just cover all our social media plugs and stuff. Okay. Uh, you can you can find me uh, on Twitter at Matt Aukamp. Um, and if you want uh, any information about uh, like an upcoming Dungeon Palace, for example, uh, check out goodgoodcomedy.com. Uh, let me double check that that's their address. Yeah, goodgoodcomedy.com. They will always have uh, the... They have a calendar. They'll always have the date of my next um, Dungeon Pal show. Sounds great. So uh, now I want to throw it over to me in the future so that uh, he can wrap things up. Thanks, past me. And thanks to Matt for coming on to the show. Be sure to follow him on Twitter and be sure to check out Good Good Comedy's Dungeon Pals. It's live D&D. How can that not be great? If you like this show, you're going to love it. The next Dungeon Pals is on April 15th at 10 p.m. at Vox Populi, 319th North 11th Street in the great city of Philadelphia. If you're in the area, check it out. Be sure to follow the show on Twitter at Party of One Pod and on Facebook at facebook.com slash Party of One Podcast. If you like the show, consider sharing it with a friend uh, or leaving a nice iTunes review or just coming on to the show. Just shoot me an email at partyofonepodcast at gmail.com. I am always looking for cool new people to play cool new games with. Party of One is produced by Jeff Stormer and Jen Frank. This episode edited by Jeff Stormer. All music for the show comes from the song Infinite Lives by Mega Ran featuring the D&D Sluggers. Until next time, party people, thanks for listening, and remember, a pirate eye was meant to be trim the sails and roam the sea. (laughs) 